we it's like 10 o'clock my time so let's get back to the uncuts uncut 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 (laughs) (laughs) is it one word or two (laughs) it's got to be one word or else it would be instinct oi or instinct toy (laughs) which is it i don't know i'm out what (laughs) okay do you know who Sorbet Jungle or Crocodana is? <laughs> I love that. I'm in. I'm out. Hey, Teresa, welcome back. I know you were on vacation in Florida last week. It looked nice. Like that, that has been the only good week of my year, to be honest. Wow. I know work has been tough on you this year. You've been, uh, yeah, working some long hours and stuff. Oh, and I have a leaking toilet, so I have plumbing issues again. I have sinks and toilets that are leaking. I have a sick dog. <laughs> it just so, keeps getting worse. All around, it's been a wonderful week for me. Yay. <laughs> Let's talk toys. <laughs> yeah, well, I will call you a plumber. I can help you out with that. Your job, your, I can't help with that. But we need something to change. We need to get the the podcast mojo back. Well, honestly, I was like, I don't even know if I want to do the podcast tonight. But... I'm here. <laughs> I even added notes to the doc. You're welcome. I contributed. <laughs> wow. I love Peppy Teresa. That's uh, oh, better than I did. I didn't contribute at all. <laughs> How are you doing, George? Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> George, how about you become me and I become you this year. Deal, shake on it. I shook. You did. I know you did. Done. It so sounds like it's already that. happened. <laughs> you get to be all happy and you get to add notes and you get to plan with Gary and I just show up and say, life sucks and I move on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and this is why we've gone every other week. It's not because of me. Are you recording? We are. We are oh. recording. I got some of the griping in the beginning, but... No, it's not only been your fault that we've fallen on this every other week schedule. It's been a team effort, but I don't think I like it. Do you guys like doing this every other week? I don't know. I don't know if listeners like it. I think we're going to start losing more listeners if we don't keep it up weekly. They'll find something else to listen to. They'll start losing interest because I find if, if we're not, not doing this every week, I pay less attention to what's going on, and then I start losing interest. So like to get back into it every other week, it's it's more of a struggle than just keeping this up weekly for me. Yeah, you really, well, really have to do it every week. Yeah. I, I think we got to – I don't know. You want to, you wanna like, full-on hire McGarry? How about you just start making money and I just do the podcast as my job? There you go. Get some sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> start buying some pennants and pins and we can, we can pay Teresa <laughs> to be a part of the show. No, I agree, though. Routine is needed, and we've fallen out of it. I mean, I don't even know. Like, we haven't even talked, like, general toy stuff in the longest time. I'm like, I don't even, like, I feel like stuff happens, and we're not talking about it. It's like, crap. Okay, well, let's do that this week. Let's get back on track. We'll do more of just talk about things we've seen. We haven't done leaks and sneak peeks in three, four months. It's been forever. So let's get back on track. Let's go back to that style we'll try to do mini episode try to keep you know things moving along but we'll talk about what's coming out and what we're excited about so here we go three two one hey toy family welcome to the marsham toy hour where we discuss anything and everything designer toys i'm gary ham i'm Teresa hawkins i'm george gaspar 
And I guess let's just start talking toys. We haven't done Lease and Steve Peaks in a while, so let's start with that. What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? Uh, can we just make the whole episode a giant leak and sneak peek? Sure, let's do it. Chat about it. Yeah. Oh, actually, before we get to that, there was something I wanted to pick your guys' brains on. If So when Corey of Strange Cat Toys was on last episode, he had mentioned he was doing the misappropriated icon to custom show. And we know now that that's using a knockoff cause companion for artists to then use as a platform. And Mark in our Facebook group, our Marsham Toy Hour Facebook group, he proposed the question of how do people feel about artists using knockoffs as the base for customs? And um, if, if that's something you want to know about, it's actually an interesting discussion on a group. Go um, sign up for our group, find us on Facebook, Marsham Toy Hour, and you can read the whole discussion there. I don't want to go into it on the podcast now, but I got me thinking if we did a real versus knockoff like Pepsi and Coke challenge, how do you think you guys would fare? Like if I put two in each hand and had you guess which one was the real and which one was the knockoff, how do you think you'd do? How do you think you would fare? Do you think you'd know the difference? You're going to put two in each hand or one in each hand? Well, just whatever those whatever those taste <laughs> test things are, George. Dick. <laughs> but, Did you just uh, call say, him a dick? George is a dick. What if, <laughs> what if we had a booth that say five points? And we're not going to. But let's say we did. And we had a bunch of knockoffs and a bunch of originals. How do you think you would do if I had you try to guess which one was the original and which one was the knockoff? Do you think you'd do good? Knock it out of the park, hundred percent, fifty-fifty. What do you think? This is what I think. It depends on the toy, right? Yeah. Like, I some toys we know a lot better than others. So if you put a Chris Reiniak in front of me, I'm probably going to be able to analyze that a bit better than some weird, gross kaiju sofubi thing that I don't know a lot about. You know what I mean? So like, I think it's slightly subjective in that way, and then. I think bootlegs vary. Like there's some really crappy bootlegs out there. And then there's some ones where like you almost look at it and you're like, are you sure that's a bootleg? So it just depends. George? I don't, I don't think there's enough bootlegs in the designer toy scene to have this contest, first of all. Um, <laughs> and in action figure world, you can tell right away. So I don't know. Like it's hard for me to answer this, but I think for the most part, you'd be able to tell. Um, maybe there might be some... See, it depends. Like when you get when you get into stuff like Cause, who's the only one that's really being bootlegged because he's the only one big enough. Um, there's some good factories out there making good knockoffs. Ben has purchased the um, when Cause redesigned the um, MTV Movie Award or Music Award or whatever one it was. I think the Movie Award. Um, it was the popcorn bucket with the Cause head in it and everything. Yeah, the Cause head Moon Man. Um, Ben was able to find one on like Alibaba that you can you can get like you can order a bootleg version of it. So he ordered one because he was like, "Man, I want to have one of those trophies. They're rad." And when he got it, it was amazing. It's heavy. It looks like I mean, it's the thing. And then like a few months later, his brother was saw it in his office, and he's like, "I want one for my office." So he ordered another one, and it came in, and it was not quite as good. Like maybe the molds had deteriorated or maybe a different factory took the bootleg and bootlegged it. Like, cause you're not ordering from the same place. It's Alibaba. It's this like wild, wild west of factories just making things. Right. And then like a year and a half later, like somebody else, one of his other VPs from the business came in and saw it and was like, Oh, I want one of those. And he ordered another one 
and it was even shittier. <laughs> so it was like a bootleg of a bootleg of a bootleg by then. Oh, wow. So I don't know. Like, it depends. If you got the good one that, you know, from the first factory that ripped it off, maybe you can get a better one. But I think for the most part, you should you usually can tell a bootleg from a real toy. Yeah. Do you all remember the whole Instinct toy one with the sitting mollies and those bootlegs? Those looked so real. The only difference was like the stamp on the bottom. So mm. there are some decent knockoffs out there. And it makes me always nervous when I think about some of the stuff overseas and trying to buy from overseas sellers. Because obviously if someone's selling knockoffs and you don't know and they're done so well you can't tell... It makes me nervous to buy sometimes when you hear stories like that, at least. I don't want to I don't want a knockoff that looks perfect. I want like <laughs> if I'm going to get a knockoff, I want it to look jank. I want it to be bad. Like, that's what's funny about knockoffs. Like the worse they are, the better they are. Right. Well, we I remember we talked about this whole bootleg thing forever ago, and I still I still feel like we didn't cover it fully in the sense that, like, in general, the idea of someone trying to rip off Instinct Toy or Chris Roniak or whatever with basically a replication of their toy meant to look exactly like it simply to make a buck drives me bananas. Like, I don't support that at all. Well, here's the thing. But, so I did some research on this because a lot of people are using a lot of different terms. A lot of, some people are saying fake. Some people are saying knockoff. Some are saying replica. Others were saying bootleg. And so from what I can tell, knockoff is probably the best term to use of this stuff as people are trying to essentially copy something that someone else designed in an illegal manner. Something like a replica, something that's a, a, a different scale of something using the same proportions, like a, like a matchbox car of a real car and stuff like that those would be considered replicas um so it's just strange the, the different terminology but as far as if you put the stuff in front of me i've never seen a real cause toy or so i don't know how i would fare i would probably go to like the joints see if with joints and weight and maybe that would help me make a, a good guess but i don't know if i would be able to tell the difference because i've never seen one from yeah. the other i think if yeah. i saw a dunny, an eight-inch dunny, a blank. I think I could probably guess which one's the knockoff, but I'm not entirely positive. Yeah, well, and with Cause, I'm the same way. Like, I've never had owned or looked at a Cause piece in hand. So, like, that would be an example of one I would probably struggle with more. Here's one for you, I'm Teresa. If I put a Machi unicorn and a Tokidoki unicorno in your hands, would you be able to tell the difference? <laughs> Yes, because I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so what 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 Gary's referencing, George, is um, there's this artist out there who's been making these resin kind of uh, unicorn figures, and he sent it to me earlier, and it does have a Tokidoki vibe. Because honestly, when I first saw it, I thought they were custom or adjusted unicornos, and I've actually seen them before you sent it to me, Gary. But they're I mean, they're different enough. I get it. But it is kind of one of those moments where you kind of go, mm, are you getting a little too close here? Maybe. It's extremely close. Like, I wasn't aware of it. I saw it recently on the Toy Chronicle, made a post of it. And I thought it was just a custom unicorno. Um, like, I don't not. I know you're very familiar with the Tokidoki unicorno, Teresa. But so when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's just a custom. And then I, I read it. And it says Machi 
unicorn, made no mention of Tokidoki or the unicorn. I'm like, huh, are they saying this is their own original thing? And so I did some side-by-side comparison. Yeah, it's, it's definitely maybe some slight, slight differences, but it's still, to me, a, a unicorno. What, time's up? No, I know, we got... That, that, I don't know how to turn that thing off. Like, that's my... If I'm not, if I don't answer the text, I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> well, here, I, while you're while you're dinging, I'm going to add to the dings because I'm going to send you a link via text so you can see the the piece that. Uh... Oh no, I know what you're talking about. Gary sent me a link to it oh. earlier today. Um, okay. And what it, do you it, think? I, I think it's I think it's completely insane that someone would make that. A, a company would put money into making that, like knowing that Tokidoki exists, like. Unless they have no idea that that Tokidoki project exists, that unicornos exist, uh, it's insane. Like, that's a complete... Uh, they have uh, to know, though. It's Mind's Eye. They've been around for forever. I, well... I, there's there's it, strange, strange things happen. Like, somebody might just not know, or... Yeah, that's true. I, no, I see. Go ahead. Tracy. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This Machi Toys, if you go to, and this is the reason why I think originally I was confused and thinking it was a custom unicorno, because if you go to their account and you scroll down, they actually started their account customizing unicornos. They know what a unicorno is. They've seen them. They've customized them. And then they created this, what, I don't even know what it's called, Machi Uni or oh, whatever. I'm the artist. I'm blaming the production company. But see, I kind of blame the artist a little bit too, just because, like, they, they, the artists they, think they, they made a toy. That's what customize, like, this but, is the, this is the world we live in of people that customize things. And then they're like, well, look, I made this. It's like, well, no, it's someone else's thing that you put some stuff on top of. Like, you well, didn't really, like, invent that character. So maybe they're just getting carried away thinking they invented this character. But it's like, that's clearly a Tokidoki Unicorno. I mean, even the... It's just a mean, chubby one. It's, it's, it's chubby Yeah, guy. sure. It's a little chubbier and a little longer in the midsection. And it's the paint isn't as vibrant as Tokidoki. Like, the paint isn't as, like, all over the place, like, as a Tokidoki would be. But come on. Like, that's the same thing. That's yeah, like a and, honey crisp apple and a red Fuji apple. They're both apples. They're like that's the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, and just to clarify, it, it it's actually not a custom of a unicorno. They like three D sculpted this thing. The artist did. That's fine. I mean, it's three D sculpted, but it's certainly a unicorno. Like, come up with a different thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I look think, at those... I, it, it's it's definitely you look at it and it, it's it's. I don't know. This stuff is so hard. Like, it's hard for me. I try to, like, give the benefit of the doubt, right? Like, oh, but, but I'm like, no. <laughs> I try to give things benefit of the doubt, too. You know, something, it's okay to be inspired and do your own thing, but they're not doing their own thing with this one. They've adjusted some things. They moved some things around, maybe changed the scaling on a few things or angled something differently, but it's still obviously a unicorno. It's just, it literally looks like a, he, he ate a little too much food and got a little chips. <laughs> Did you see the butt on this guy? I like, I do kind of like the addition of the badonkadonk butt. Wait, what butt? If you look at like a top view or the back view, she's got, oh, some, junk, it's got some junk in the trunk. Yeah, it's got a little, little butt action going on. Yeah. I do like the little booty. 
But right. I mean, it's still cute. But I don't know. It's cute. I mean, as a production piece, it looks well done. It's just I'm just surprised it's being produced. Well, yeah, here's it looks like what you were just talking about. It looks like a knockoff Tokidoki. It looks like there's stuff definitely wrong with it that isn't Tokidoki, but it definitely is. You could tell like you would get confused. It would cause brand confusion, and that's what people go after. <laughs> I, I saw George, and then I'm like, that looks like a Tokidoki, but I'll give it a benefit of the doubt. And I started look, like Google image searching and doing side-by-side comparison, and yeah, it's, it's too close. Okay, so check this out. They actually did a post in hand of them holding a unicorno and their character, and it says Mochi meets Tokidoki. Oh, no! <laughs> I just sent you all the link. Okay. But it's interesting. So they customized the unicorno in the same colors as their little mochi character. I don't know. It's hard. I don't think the artist had any ill intent or anything, but it is a little weird to see a production being made of it, knowing this artist was obviously a collector of Tokidoki unicornos, liked customizing, clearly influenced by them. It's... Oh it's my just, god, that picture that you just sent. I'm sorry, I'm just finally looking at it. <laughs> That's insane. Like it makes it even more <laughs> I haven't uh, seen it. My phone's dead. I'll have to look at it later. I mean, oh here. Really, I'll, uh, put it in, I'll put it in Skype. I didn't realize you didn't have your phone. I was trying to be lazy. The Skype thing, I have trouble finding the chat. Hang out, Gary. It should be in our chat. It must have come through because I heard a I heard a Little water droplet noise. Yeah, that's my. Why is my computer so loud today? <laughs> you guys can't hear yourselves talking when I'm when it's playing, right? Like, no. All right. How, that's so weird. How does that come through, but not the? I keep hearing whoop, ding, whoop. I gotta, I gotta get headphones for this computer. I'm sorry, guys. It's okay. I like it. I like the sound. Effects. Yeah, you're right, George. I met seeing them side by side like that. It, it's... it does. It's, it does feel like a bootleg versus a legit. It does. Kind of. Okay. All yeah. right. We talked that one to death. Let's move on. I am. This poor artist. No, it's fine. I feel bad. I feel rude. Why would you feel? Don't feel bad. I don't know. This is what our show is. We talk about things. <laughs> We're not slamming her. We're talking about it fairly. We're I not know, like. No, I'm This person's got like 600 followers. We're going to definitely draw eyes to her that she didn't have before. I have guilt. I get that, though. I mean, it's it's uncomfortable to bring this up, but she's very talented, very skilled. It's just for this to be a multiple feels kind of strange because it's heavily based off of something that already exists and something that she's obviously very fond of. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's move on. Have you guys seen the Toy Story 4 trailer? Not no. yet, no. I, I did not watch it either, but I'm reading an article about it, and it turned, it's saying that they're introducing a bunch of ca- uh, toys from, like, history of toys in it. Okay. So maybe they're in the trailer. I don't know, but it's a pull-string doll from the 50s called Gabby Gabby. Little oh. people from the 80s called Giggles McDimples. Nice. Uh, oh, that's cute. Ventriloquist dummies from the vaudeville era, and there's even a Duke Kaboom, which is, like, a 70s um, Evil Knievel, like, stunt cycle guy. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah, that sounds exciting. I just they they wrapped up the the trilogy so nicely. I don't know how I feel about a fourth Toy Story. Eh, there's always more room for toys. We need to get kids into toys again. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. We've already taken away Toys R Us. Let's not take away Toy Story. I mean, I'll take the kids. It looks awesome. And speaking of Toy Stories, have you guys been seeing any uh, Instagram stories about ToyCon UK? That's going to be going on this weekend. Uh, I think, I believe it's out of London. So that's happening March 30th and 31st. Uh, obviously, we're not going because we're here in the States. But anyone who's in the area, there's lots of artists and companies going to the event. Lots of releases going to be happening there. Lots of one-offs being made. So what have you seen? What are you excited for? Or anyone going to have anything mulled from ToyCon UK? I, I mean, I always love following ToyCon UK. I know it's a smaller show, but it's always exciting to see what they're going to release there. you got to follow it. Um, I... I, I feel like with all cons, it just <laughs> we still haven't seen all the reveals yet. So I'm always curious. Dolly Oblong attends uh, ToyCon UK, and this will be the first show of the year for her. So I'm always curious to see the new characters or colorways she's going to bring. And then I also always have my eye on Muji World because they tend to do a lot for ToyCon UK as well. But I'm still kind of waiting to see the final stuff from them. But Unbox will be there, and uh, I think they're doing a kind of a cool thing with the Ziki Dino. It seems like they're doing this sort of collaboration with the, uh, I guess, whoever runs ToyCon or makes the ToyConosaurus, which is the mascot for the show. But Unbox actually made a Ziki Dino in the um, original T-Con colorway. Oh, that so teal-y blue that, that colorway? Blue. Yeah. Yeah. So there'll be a Ziki Dino and that tealy blue that the, the t- Toy Connoisseurs was originally released in way back in the day. And I think that's a really cool collaboration and it looks really nice. And then on the flip side, I've been seeing some Toy Connoisseurs colorways being made using some of the old Ziki Dino colorways. So there's sort of this kind of flip floppy collaboration going on. And then obviously Elfies are something that I like to collect and they're making a... Um, UK version of the Traveler Elfie. So it's like the little, um, we talked about it, like the British soldier with this the. This is what we talked about. So now they're going to the UK with a very UK style. I know, style thing. I know. But they had, re- they had sneaked peeked that thing, that a while ago. So it's fitting that they're releasing it the UK. And he was asking, he's like, do you have recommendations? Um, Dan was asking on Instagram, do you have recommendations for a U.S. one? And I've commented, I said, please just don't do red, white, and blue or an American flag. Oh, I'll cry. Yeah, it's going to be on Uncle Sam. We want you, yeah. Elfie. Oh, God, no. But I did recommend, I recommended that if he's thinking decon, that like a beach traveler Elfie would be fun because it would have ties to California. But then there'd be one for like, you know, like think like tank top and be a cute little sun hat well what's sunglasses. the thing for designer con this year do we know yet for designer oh. con yeah i think this year is space space like sci-fi maybe sci-fi huh. something like sci-fi or space i think okay the logo yeah. has like a bunch of like uh sci-fi references in it hmm. have they have they post posted a pic of that uh, it's been in the new the it's been in the uh, the emails that you get as a vendor. Ah, uh, okay. So I don't I don't know if it's on the site yet or not. Well, they had like a spacey Elfie could be kind of fun and like an astronaut outfit. I mean, it's not exact. I mean, that could be a different spin on Traveler. Space Traveler. How about that? Yeah, that could be cute. And like the helmet could swoosh open and closed. With Maybe the, with the trunk. How's that gonna work? 
Oh, well, I don't think about the logistics, Gary. <laughs> you're, just, you're just the brainstorm gal. You don't think you're about the engineering like, oh, of these please. things. Yeah, do it. I was like, oh, put Elfie in flip-flops. I don't know how you'll do that, but put Elfie in flip-flops. <laughs> but anyway, what, what have you all been seeing about ToyCon UK? Anything? So the one thing about ToyCon UK that I've, I've sort of noticed, I think we pointed out in the past, ToyCon UK seems to be primarily, we don't see a lot of, mass production drops going on there it seems to be a lot of customizers ramping up big time over the past several months we're seeing like a lot of like micro run type stuff and so as far as that type of stuff goes tomodachi island has been updating her instagram feed tons of customs and these she we had her on the show she's individually sculpting every single platform and they are phenomenal like she doesn't uh, recast anything so every every piece is its own original piece the painting on them is ex- exceptional and uh so yeah her pieces to me look fantastic and she's also the one that did the poster design for the uk uh the toy con toy fair this this month and it would be really cool <laughs> uk toy con toy fair <laughs> oh, designer <laughs> toy con expo fair is uh coming up soon and no but i'm really hoping that release that poster was so cool i would like to actually own that uh so if they make it available to people outside the us that'd be awesome yeah i've been watching uh her feed as well and i saw that poster and i thought it was really well done and um oh my gosh she showed this like recap of everything in progress i was going to count them one two three four five six seven eight nine ten like 40 i think she's got 40 plus customs that's insane that's insane and that literally four days ago is when she posted that they were just primed (laughs) (laughs) start putting down the base coats i'm like holy crap you got like two weeks left she is so fast though i mean she's been whipping them out and everything she reveals i'm like oh my god that's cute oh my god that's cute so i love her work too and I like seeing her turn stuff out, but I'm also happy she got picked for that poster because it is super fun. Yeah. But do you think the one thing I'm curious about, I can't tell if it's meant to represent like the artist and work that's going to be there or if it's meant just to be kind of the toy poster? world inspirational. Yeah, because there's like like Nagora's in there from Kanatsu. So I'm like, are Nagora's going to be at the show? And, or like, is Kanatsu going to be there? And like, right. Uh, I think Nim- it's just representing popular toys within the toy scene. I don't think any of this is representation of what's going to be there. Cause there's the cause companion picking over the hillside and cause isn't going to be there. And I'd highly doubt you're going to see any cause companions. That's what I kind of figured, but I still like it a lot. It's nice. I would put that on my wall. Yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. Um, oh, so I should probably mention this. So Aaron and Martian Toys reached out to me. To, well, before we do that, so Martian Toys is going out to ToyCon UK again. I think they went two years ago, and they're going back again this year. And we know that Martian Toys loves doing custom group shows and stuff like that. So they are bringing a custom group show with them this year. It's called Ness is More. It's artist interpretations of the Loch Ness Monster. It's not using a platform. Artists are getting free range to do create whatever they want. So some nice designs being shown so far, and it looks like it's going to be a great show. So looking forward to that. Also, do you guys remember that the next great blank contest that Martian Toys was hosting? Yeah. Yeah. And you won? And I did win. And I ended up calling it Jasper. It's kind of a ghostly looking platform, I guess. And it actually never ended up going as a blank DIY figure like the contest was originally for. What Martian Toys ended up doing was they 
curated a mini-series with it, an artist mini-series. They invited seven different artists into the series, and the series is called Series Zero. And I think they call it Series Zero just because it's, I think it's more of a test market series to see how it does. And if it does well, they'll do a Series 2 and 3 and so on. But um, So in the series are seven different designers, eight different designs in total. And it is a blind box series. And actually this week, the series landed here in the States. And Aaron of Martian Toys texted me today letting me know that he's going to be bringing these with him to ToyCon UK. And the attendees there will be able to get the first opportunity to purchase these. So that's pretty exciting. Cool. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it was completely unexpected. I, you know, kind of, I knew this was happening, but I didn't know it was going to be happening this soon. And um, so, yeah, it's going to be available there. So that's awesome. So if you're there, you know, be sure to pick up a Jasper figure. And I mentioned, oh, I didn't mention the designers yet. So there's seven different designers in the series. And the designers are Dr. A, Ms. Nawada, Muxi, Jelly Co, Dex Design, Yemma Yemma, and uh, myself. So there you go. Interesting. And it's, I, I think, it's interesting that Martian Toys has kind of followed in there because um, some of those names seem like uh, names I'm not very familiar with. So it seems like they were bringing some uh, fresh blood to the mini scene. Yeah, no, no, definitely. That's what Martian Toys does. He loves to support the up and comers and, and all that. So he's definitely doing that with this series as well. And I think uh, part of the thinking also is rather than inviting all super established artists and designers to contribute to the series, he felt that wouldn't really give him a good gauge as if it's a successful platform. So he thought maybe it would just sell well based on the names within the series. So doing it this way with a sprinkling of some established and not so established artists, it would give him a better idea if um, this sells really well, then yeah, he knows that he can can move forward with the series two and three and, and whatnot. So um, yeah, if you want this series to succeed, please help support it. But, um, well, this, this So this means your Hootler... It's finally going to be a thing. He will be out in the wild um, as of this weekend. And then as far as anyone outside of ToyCon UK, I think the official release is going to be mid to late April sometime. Nice. That's all I'm I excited. I really liked your Hootler design, so. Woohoo! Um, and I like that they're like bite size. I feel like you could pop one in your mouth. Well, maybe I, not that small. <laughs> I like the size. It's a good size. Oh, and what's really nice about it is the joints are smooth. They're not mushroom-headed. They, they're little smooth dowel joints, so they come in and out to so the legs and the arms. If someone did want to customize them, as easy as could be. It's really oh, cool. nice. So he kind of, it's kind of nice he thought about that. That's what he originally wanted to do when it was a blank, is make all the pieces you know come out easily, because you know a lot of blanks out there do not come apart easily. So it's kind of nice that he was able to get that done in a little two-and-a-half-inch figure. And That's since exciting. I mentioned Dr. A's in this series, have you guys seen the new Sufubi toy that Dr. A's doing? I believe Tomenosuke is producing it, and I believe it's going to see a colorway release at uh, ToyCon UK, too. I have. You know, I read an article in the Toy Chronicle about it, and it sounded like apparently it's literally been years in the making, like four years or something like that. George, do you know anything about that? Uh, I don't know how long. I can't remember. I read the I read the thing that Bruce posted the other day, but that was actually the one piece I was going to talk about that I'm excited for at ToyCon. Was he's going to have a, the AP of that there, the Tiffany Blue available yeah. at ToyCon? So yeah, I, that piece looks so cool. 
Gary, you just took my link from the doc and pasted in some weird Greek letter. I need my link. <laughs> so, so you want you want you want to know what's going on with that? So my I Mac my Mac that. my Mac keyboard went to shit and it just stopped working. So just before the show, I plugged in this old PC one, but I don't remember the shortcut keys. So I tried to do a copy, and it did all this Greek lettering, and I can't copy paste the link into my into my browser now. So. I don't know what oh I'm doing. Oh, my God. You are killing me. <laughs> George, he just literally took my link that I was about to click, <laughs> so I knew what I was talking about, and it literally now has, like, the Omega symbol <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I don't know how to fix it. I can't control Z. I'm trying to find it now because I wanted to look up the name. Do you know the name of it, George? It's Thomas Nosuke. Okay. But, yeah, so I was looking at it because he was posting – like from what I could tell from the toy con- uh, the toy chronicle article, which I'm finding Gary, and I'm pasting it back in our doc for you. Stop typing, Omega. I'm symbols. not trying to. I'm Here. telling you this. I don't think the Mac recognizes keyboard correctly because none of the copy paste, nothing, nothing, control alt, nothing's working. It's weird. <laughs> well, there's the link. You should be able to write hit I control. It. I got it. Anyway, what I thought was cool is it looks like there's going to be kind of these variations of it. And maybe, you know, for sure, uh, George, if this is going to happen, but in the toy Chronicle article, there's these sketches and it kind of shows variations of types. So type a um, with two different arm styles and then type B is kind of a different leg style. So there's sort of a, like octopus arms versus mechanical and then more of like, uh, crab legs versus kind of octopus legs, I guess. But um, do you know if he's still planning to like kind of create this sort of uh, like adjustable design where like you could buy a Tiffany blue and you, the arm swap or the leg swap? Um, I don't know that for certain, um, but I mean, it would make sense. All the, everything would be, you know, interchangeable on that, on that style vinyl. Yeah. But I saw that and I thought that was super cool and it was fun reading the story uh, in the article. Yeah, it says it was at the start of 2014 with the, when the design of a Sofubi robot was first sent to me by Dake. It was exactly five years ago. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's a long time, but especially because um, Tomonosuke uses a great factory out there in Japan called Obitsu. So the timeline, I don't think, is because of the factory. It just must have been a long development period or something. Yeah. Do we know what the uh, the price of it is? Uh, do we know the price? Let's I, see. I don't think I've seen a price yet. Uh, let's <laughs> double check Dake's page real quick. Do we know si- did... size, edition size, anything? Yeah, the blue uh, is 50 pieces, I 50 believe. Piece. Okay. It's actually really interesting to see uh, a Dr. Ray doing a Sufubi piece. You know, usually his is has a really nice patina finish and looks metal. And so to, to see it in a uh, Sufubi is, is pretty cool looking. I like it. Yeah, and the sculpting yeah. is incredible on it. Yeah, I think it's very cool. I like the color, and I think what's kind of cool about the Tiffany blue is I th- I could totally see him patinaing it. Patinaing a word. Sure. Sure. Act patina-ing. of patina. <laughs> but it's like per- it's totally it's a perfect face for that treatment. Uh, he'll custom. probably do that for his APs, I bet. The the yeah. nice thing is if you uh, if you become a, a patron. Of, or Patreon of Bruce's on, you know, on Patreon, Patreon of Bruce on Patreon. He's been posting like behind the scenes and updates on this the whole way, the whole way it's been going. So like oh. we, we, you, you could see this stuff 
you know, for as little as a dollar a month, you can see all these pictures like for months and months in advance. Um, and he also posts stuff from his desk and tutorials and tips and stuff. So it's, it's worth, uh, it's worth supporting. Nice. Well, if we're going to plug Patreon real quick, Chris Ronyak and Amanda Louise Spade both have one and I enjoy and Squink also has one that has been kind of fun to follow. So well, I like to talk about them and one of their toys. We can support them then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They can send their sponsor money to the show. We need to pay for Teresa's full-time podcasting. Yeah. We just can't be giving out free shout outs, Teresa. Support okay, Teresa sorry, sorry. on Patreon so she can do this show. <laughs> okay, so for every dollar I'll get, I get, I will do something. I don't know on the show. So She'll put the show notes with all the links. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So uh, I don't know if we have anything else for ToyCon UK or not because I was going to switch subjects. Anything else for ToyCon? No, I'm good. Let's move on. Before we do that, though, let's, let's keep the lights on here. So uh, keeping the lights on here at the Marsham Toy Hour are our wonderful sponsors. So we have three great stores sponsoring us. They are 3D Retro, My Plastic Heart, and StrangeCatToys.com. Uh, if you're in the Southern California area, be sure to check out 3D Retro out there. If you're in the New York City area, you can check out the brick-and-mortar location of My Plastic Heart. And uh, they're all 3D online, so you can go to 3DRetro.com, MyPlasticHeart.com. If you go to MyPlasticHeart, use our promo code TOYFAM at checkout, and you will receive free shipping on your order of $75 or more if you live in the States. And if you go to StrangeCatToys.com, use our promo code MARSHAM at checkout, and you will receive 10% off your entire order. And if you want to stay on top of all the latest and greatest in toy news, we can't seem to be doing this on a weekly anymore. Uh, but these guys do it on the, on the daily. So we have some great toy bloggers sponsoring us. Um, so after when the show ends, be sure to take a media minute and uh, check them out. They're SpankyStokes.com and TheToyChronicle.com. And be sure to download the Toy Chronicle app uh, from any one of your favorite app stores. All right, Teresa, what did you want to move on to next? Okay. Well, we were talking about um, custom shows and stuff, and, and it made me think of the recent horrible, adorable show at Pick for their Hudson Yards opening. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you all saw, but they – I thought that the stuff that they were creating for their show looked so good. They had, like, all this new – new different critters. Like, they um, – like, I, I wish I could describe it better. Like, they – they kind of were expanding their um, sort of like freestanding critters, but like the themes were more around like, um, it, what was the show called? I want to say the right. I'm sorry. I'm not prepared for speaking up. I'll make this better. I promise. You brought this up, you know. I know. I know. It wasn't in my notes. Maybe I don't okay. want you to be a full timer. Here I am. Okay. So the the show was called Dynamos and Whirligigs. And so the whole point was like different things that have movement and whatnot. And so uh, they did some really cool things. Like they had a puffer balloon, which was this really cute like puffer dude that reminds me kind of a puffer fish, uh, like merged with a hedgehog with these little legs. And they were like hot air balloons. So they had these strings kind of wrapped around with little baskets with critters in it. 
and they had this new character called uh, Cliff Climber, where it was like one of their critters kind of like as if it was crawling up a wall and then it had a swing dangling from its legs with a little critter on it. Like all these super cool, like super cool designs that were super like new and they hadn't done before. But the other thing that was cool, along with all their new creations and then like adding the swings and all of that is the little critters they were adding with it was a new critter they were creating based off a 3D print. So they went and designed this 3D guy, printed it, cleaned it up, and then they were flocking him. And he's like super cute little horrible adorables guy hanging out on all of these like different creations. So like sitting in the hot air balloon basket or sitting on the swing under the cliff climber, or they made these um, really cool like laser cut wood carts that were been pulled by a critter, but it was a fun show. I was excited. I loved it. I saw a lot of the pieces and I know that I think Chris mentioned that a lot of this stuff was the first time doing it. First time flocking. I don't know if it's the first time doing the laser cut wagons, but, um, but yeah, it was an extremely fun show. I think it looked great. Are they yeah, selling they, the uh, the flock critters online now? So, to my knowledge, the flock critters were only created for the show so far, okay. and the show is up online on the PIC website now for purchasing the pieces. But um, I'm really hopeful, and maybe I can uh, knock Jordan and Chris, like tap them and say you need to make more. But I really hope they make more little flock critters. I'm hoping they'll bring some to Five Points and sell them individually. But um, I don't know. There's, the show just made me so happy. I was seeing all the reveals come in. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, that's so fun. It was super fun. It was exciting for me to see all the new different things they came out with. And they did say, so they in the post, they said, learn so many new techniques, 3D printing, laser cutting, flocking. So it was a whole bunch of new stuff for them. Nice. It's fun. Yeah. Oh, oh, the other thing too. Oh, while we're talking about horrible doorbells, did you see that they're making socks? I did see that. It looks like they have them in hand now. They they turned out great. They look fantastic. We were talking about that end of last year that we want to see more socks, and they're doing it. They and the turnaround was really fast. It seemed like just a couple months ago, their fan base was helping them select designs for the socks. So uh, that that's a quick turnaround. I don't remember. Did they mention in uh, when we can pick these up? Because I would love to wear some on my horrible, not so adorable feet. Let's see if they say no. Coming soon. But yeah, I want one on my feet now. More people make socks out there. I want more. <laughs> George, have you seen anything that you like? Um, have you guys seen, this is more uh, mass market, but have you guys seen the toys for Shazam that are out? Not yet, no. There's for, for all you mini collectors out there like me, um, there's Shazam action figures, like the standard, the regular action figure size stuff. Um, not the like jumbos or play sets or anything, but the regular size figures each come with a mini um what looked to be the seven deadly sins uh like little mini monsters each one has the name of a seven deadly sin and they're in a different solid color and uh they're made out of this like stretchy material so they're not quite mini figures like in the sense that i like enough but they have this stretchy quality that you can hook them on your finger and fling them across the room oh fun um so they're fun for kids but they look really cool on the shelf huh wait I'm confused. The Seven Deadly Sins are a Shazam thing? I have no idea. I don't I don't know anything about the movie other than I worked on costumes on it. I don't know anything. I don't know why these monsters are in there. There's no 
story on the packaging of why they're there. I'll have to wait okay. to see the movie, but all I know is they come with cool monsters. For some reason, whenever I hear Shazam, I think about um, that old movie. Oh, it was like a 90s movie, and it was like a genie. With Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah. What movie was that? Shazam! Shazam! Was it Kazam? Was it Kazam? <laughs> You're probably right. Shazam. Shazam. It was Kazam, but every time I hear... Now I can't even think of what you said, George. What did you say? Shazam. Shazam. But every time I hear that, that's what I think of. <laughs> it's Kazam. I am Kazam! I, I really don't have that much recollection of Shaquille O'Neal's Kazam. I don't even think I actually saw it, but... If you watch Kazam as an adult, you should be ashamed of yourself. The movie is for children. I do have a vague memory of when I was just a wee kid. I, I think I had an action figure of Shazam, or maybe it was called Captain Marvel at the time. I don't recall. But I remember saying Shazam a lot with this, with this toy when I was a kid, but I don't remember any backstory for the character of it. But uh, the movie itself seems more like a kid's movie. It seems like campy fun stuff. I think it, it, it looks like a fun movie. I'll take my kids to for sure. I think it's supposed to be a kid's movie. I'm not really certain, but I, I believe it is. I mean, he's a, he's a kid that turns in. It's basically big. Yeah. Like he's a kid that turns in, turns big and gets into superhero powers. Oh, so, that sounds kind of fun. Yeah. It's basically like the superhero movie of big. So hopefully it's, hopefully they did go campy and fun with it. Because I mean, the not all, not all the DC movies have been bad. I mean, I prefer the uh, Marvel stuff, but I've liked some of the DC ones. So, anyway, like <laughs> we're <laughs> off topic into movies. Again. Okay, well, 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 real quick, while we're in kind of a weird, weird zone, but there was this Pokemon toy that came out. And I don't know if you all saw it. And, of course, like, I kind of know Pokemon. But do you know the Doug Trio Pokemon character? Okay, I, I know so, what it looks like. Okay. So, like, basically, for those that don't know, it's three little brown dudes sticking out of dirt. They look like little hills. Like little little brown hills they're, with grumpy They're fingers. like moles. Yeah. Okay. But what, what was hilarious is someone – so this – uh, OG, oh God, OG Tendo Studio came out with this hilarious interpretation of the Doug Trio where it's like this potted plant where you see it and it looks just like the Pokemon. So the little moles popping their heads out of a hill. You don't think it looks anything weird. But then you see the reveal of what they actually look like below their little hill heads. And they did this hilarious spin where they're these like buff, ripped like bodybuilders with these little like pink thongs on. I don't know. I thought it was absolutely hilarious and genius. It was like the best thing I've ever seen when it comes to like a licensed interpretation of a toy. Did you all see this? I didn't. I saw it, but I had no backstory. I didn't know. You said it was hilarious. Now I get why it's funny. You never saw what was going on below the pot or the ground. Right. So yeah. Right. It's well done. Now that you've explained it, it's, it's funny. I have well, no idea what you're talking about. Okay, George, I got to share. I got to. Can you share it in Skype, uh, Gary, the link? I can't. I don't know how to copy paste on this oh, keyboard. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, one sec. Just tell me what to Google. 
go to Toy Chronicle and search Pokemon. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> it's so good. And like one of their like hands are on one of their one of the butts, like grasping it, and they're like kind of locked together and one's like wrapped around it's just absolutely hilarious. Like to me the one of the best spin offs <laughs> on a licensed thing I have seen in a long time. Like I giggled out loud. I mean I'm <laughs> I get so much joy out of looking at this. It's hilarious. Anyway, I'm fun. I kind of want to see him do more. Like is I've that never a production? heard. Uh, or is it just someone's fun fan art? That says production, I think. Yep. It had 150 pieces made in resin. Uh, I mean, that sounds production to me. Who's the producer? Oji Tenda. I've never heard of them, but um, but it sold out. Oh, it sold out. Which is a bummer, but now oh, wait, it hasn't come out yet. Third quarter 2019. Yeah, it was a pre-order. Um, the pre-order sold out, uh, but it says Wave One, Ogento ser- series Wave One. So now I'm like, does that mean they're gonna do more Pokemon spins? Because I'm here for it. Like, bring it on. I was excited. I was like, that is the best thing ever. So anyway, ca- carry on. Carry on. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> that one's that one's tough because it's really need the visual podcast audio podcast isn't really the place for that one. But if anyone's not knowing, go look it up because it is funny. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's hilarious. The anyway. small guy is my favorite. The little yeah. <laughs> uh, something else I've seen that I'm excited about. It was supposed to be a release and signing at the end of the month at 3D Retro, but that's been postponed. But as many of us know, we saw Mab Gray's Dino Kitty uh, was done in vinyl. There, I think there was 20 or something released at DesignerCon, but most of us did not have the opportunity to buy it then. So um, coming up very soon, it's looking like we're going to be able to get the Dino Kitty in vinyl from Mab Gray's and 3D Retro. With the postponement of the release party, I don't know if that changes the release date of the actual figure. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's changing the date of the figure or not. Oh, and... I'm, I'm not sure. I can't talk on that one, I guess. Yeah, I, so, I, don't, I don't know for certain. We were just talking about it yesterday, but I don't know for certain what's happening. But we know they've landed, and we know they're in hand at 3D Retro, so expect soon we we will be able to get these things. As far as I know, they were sculpted by the Beast Brothers, produced by 3D Retro. Did you manage this one, George? Uh, no, I just I handled some of the overseas stuff, but all that other stuff was done okay. not, not concerning me. What's the um, so, estimate in size, do you think? It looks like it's probably about... 10, 12 inches? Yeah, it's pretty big. I think it was like, it's either 8 or 10 inches, okay. something like that. Yeah. Well, we got to see it. I mean, there's a picture of you holding it, Gary, from yeah, Decon. Yeah, I, I did see it in, yeah, at DesignerCon. And it's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's a great piece. I, I like the sculpt, and I, I think it's a good size, too. I, I need to collect more larger figures. I'm really bad about that. But um, I'm curious, are you allowed to speak on, do you know, like, I know they're releasing this base green, but in the group, there was this chatter about a desire for a pink version. You have any uh, deets, George? I, I assume there's got to be. I can't say that kind of stuff. Oh, <laughs> it, it might be, it might be 14 inches, actually. Oh, seriously? Look back at my notes. It might be 14 inches. What's the price? It was a really good price. I want to say it was like in the 70s. 75? I, you know what, I have no idea. Okay. I remember it was a good price, big size. Um, 
nice paint paint app on it. It looks really really nice. So it said this is the green edition. So I'm going to. I think it's safe to assume there might be other colorways. And knowing Map Gray is the way I do, she's pretty much known for pink. So yeah, I, I think in the group you were saying there's a lot of people anticipating a green uh, a a, perp, a pink colorway, <laughs> and that includes myself. So I. Like, I don't want to miss out on it entirely. I, I want a Dino Kitty, but I would much rather have a pink one than, than the green one. So it's like, I'm in that, that, that pickle that most collectors are. I don't want to, and someone's coined the term, um, no, WWTD. I guess that's what would Teresa do, which he thinks he would just buy them both. And he thinks I should just buy the green one and buy the pink one later if a green one comes out. I'm sorry, I'm not Teresa. I don't buy multiples I know. and, I was and sell say, them later. They're 80 bucks. Damn, that's a good price. I See, I was going to say, uh, are you going to be the person who says, oh, I really would rather have a different color, so I'm going to wait and see what happens. See, he's totally right. The I would totally just be like, buy it. Like, I like it. I'm buying it. I have it. And then they have another colorway. I like it. Like, oop, I'll buy that one too. And then that's how you suddenly end up with like, 20 of the same thing and you look back and you're nope. like oops nope <laughs> not not i'm not gonna pull because you it's, nope it, oh it's so hard though because you don't you know there will probably be like i think it's unlikely that there won't be multiple colorways it's just the name of the game these days right but but you're guessing knowing what colorways there will be and it's definitely <sighs> going to be a pink but is it going to be like Mab Gray's like edition only. Are. Is there going to be 50 pieces? She's got like 400,000 followers. You probably would be really hard to get a run of 50 if this was her personal exclusive. Like, So that's one of the things. You just don't know. So do I jump in on the green? Do I pass on the green? Because it's going to sell out. It will. Uh, and wait for a different color. That's That's the gamble of collecting, and it drives me insane. I know. And welcome to why I have so much stuff. <laughs> but I don't want to be you. I don't want so much stuff. I no, I'm not the person that keeps all the stores open because I buy every colorway. No, but at this eighty dollar price point for a forty uh, fourteen inch figure, that's phenomenal. That's such a great price, and with her fan base at that price point, these things are going to sell out super super fast. So I need to decide what I'm doing. <laughs> You can always flip the one you don't want afterwards. Is there going to be a flocked one as well? That's a possibility too. Oh my gosh, I just keep looking at pictures and you're making me want one. Stop. I'm trying to be good. (laughs) And it has doll eyes, just so you guys know. Whoa, whoa, wait. Real doll eyes? Wait. Yeah, source doll eyes. Like Like they move? Like they they don't don't move. They're in place, but they're not painted eyes. They're doll eyes. Okay. Oh, cool. Man. Well, I'll be picking that up. I'll, I'll decide on colorway later. I, I, knowing yeah. you, if you really have your thought in your head of a certain color you want, you're going to wait for it. I know you, but <laughs> I don't think you should. I think you should just buy. Go crazy. Hey, 3D Retro is a sponsor of the show. Maybe I can pull some strings. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Cut, 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 cut. Cut this. Cut. I promise lips are sealed. This is all cut. Do not share this stuff. Um, still cut this. I gotta pee while we're talking. Cut stuff. I'm muting so I can pee. Okay, please do. 
What if the mute didn't work and then we had to look? <laughs> She's got a good flow, George. It's a, it's a good, strong flow. <laughs> like, wow, she really had to go. I must have been holding it for a while. <laughs> we, it's like 10 o'clock my time. So let's get back to the uncut. Okay. Uncut, 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 uncut. <laughs> um, speaking of pre-order, did you guys see the new Quix one? It's a Nano Tech 63 Nut Buster. It is, I think it's a six-inch tall figure, and it comes with the little mecha suit um, Tech 63 inside. It comes in two colorways, a proper OG black and a ghost white. And what's pretty cool about this release is most of the quick stuff is, you know, it's mass production, but it, he's got the bots going on. So his stuff sells out within, before a human can actually purchase anything. So these things, he's his stuff goes very, very fast. So finally... Uh, this might be the workaround, so maybe the humans will win in this battle against the pots because this is a two-week pre-order. There's no limits. Anyone can get it. If So if you're a Quix uh, fan, you're able to get this. You're able to buy as many as you want. And have you guys seen it, and what do you think? Uh, I have, and um, like I totally respect Quix. It's not something I collect because it's not in my wheelhouse, but I think it's awesome. Like, the... I didn't realize the little dude fit inside of it. I think I misinterpreted when I saw pictures. I thought it was a separate piece. So now I'm trying to go back and look at it. Um, but I think it's great. And I'm excited that it's an open pre-order. So you don't have to sit and stress. If you want it, you can get it. And I like that there's multiple colorways. Oh, I see it now. It does sit in there. Like a. It kind of reminds me of Hulkbuster or Baymax kind of yep. combined. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, because the little dude sits in the top, but the white colorway kind of gives me sort of a like a Transformer Baymax sort of feel. I like it. Yeah, but so I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's vinyl. Like we said, the, it's a two-week pre-order. It started on March 20th, and I believe it runs through April 3rd. So by the time you're hearing this, you can still go to... Our, our sponsors are carrying it, uh, My Plastic Heart and Strange Cat Toys. You can go there and pre-order it. It's $88 plus shipping, and that's a great price for this figure because essentially you get two, two toys out of it, and the main toy is uh, six, six inches, so that's a great price. Do you like it, George? Uh, I mean, it's good. It looks great. <laughs> I'm going I'm I mean, yeah. to Chris Ryan, yeah, I can say it's not for me. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, I don't own Quicks, but... I still think it's badass. Can I call something badass? It's a little weird what was, you saying badass. Yeah, I don't know. What was the other word I said that one? What was the other word I said one time? You said I shouldn't say it. Bitchin'? No, why would I ever say bitchin'? Did you say dope? No, say I dope. said... Fresh. <laughs> no, it was like badass. Oh, it's gonna bother me. Fire? Fire. It's lit. It's lit. Lit. <laughs> no, I did not. Say, I do not say that, and I did not say that. It was something like awesome, but weirder. Hmm. I don't know. But you were like, you don't say those words. Don't say that. Anyway, it's nut busting awesome. And nut bust. Uh, he's nut busters packing. If you're if you look in the. Oh, he's a nut buster. What do you want? <laughs> it's got a little uh, like m- metal. M- Protrusion. He's busting. He's busting nut all over town. 
So, yeah. He's awesome. I think Quix is. I'm. I'm so happy for him. He's just kind of blown up and going crazy. And you see releases left and right, and then they just like fly off the show. So I don't Major think congr- we've had a back-to-back designer toy artist of the year in the DTAs. But I mean, if anyone should get it, it's Quix. I mean, that guy killed this year, and he's continuing it in this year. So yeah, maybe fan voted or you know panel voted, but. I would not be shocked to see him get back to back. Yeah. Well, and there's also like a fun little thing they're doing with Martian toys. Cause I know they've been releasing a lot of those. Um, let me make sure. I, do you know the name of it? Shoot. I want to say everything's called tech 63. I really don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the tech. Okay. Sorry. And eh, people are all the quick fans are like, Oh my God. You're an idiot. this. <laughs> Yeah, but it was the like the tech, whatever the figure is they've been releasing through Martian Toys. The the latest release they're gonna do of uh, this orange color. Um, it's meant to be DIY, but they're doing this really cool raffle concept um, where if you buy one of the DIY, DIY figures, you automatically uh, get entered in a raffle to win a custom piece by um, Richard Strohmeyer. And um, I don't know, it's just fun that they're doing little stuff like that. Like, it's just like a little extra thing, and there's no extra payment if you buy the piece. And you could also, I think, enter the raffle. It looks like um, there's a $5 raffle ticket for sale as well. So if you just want to get on the raffle, you can do that too, or you can get additional spots for it. But it's fun seeing stuff like that. Yeah. Go Quicks. Go Quicks. Quicks is – oh, I can't think of something to rhyme. Quicks is the kicks. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, cut, 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 cut. Are we cut, uncutting? All right, uncut. Uncut. <laughs> um, let's see, something else I saw. Oh! Instinct Toy. Please. Have you guys seen anything about Instinct Toy? It looks like they're doing... I don't... So they mentioned mini-series, but I don't think it's mini-series how many of us think where it's one mini-series done like in a case-style blind box. I think what this what they're doing is, seems like it's several different types of minifigures. So they're doing like a mini Chino Lamb uh, Maguro and a mini um, Shoko Nakazawa. Is that the Byron with the unicorn on its head, Teresa? Is that one so-called yeah. Byron? Yeah, it's okay. a Byron. So those art, I bet those artist edition ones are going to be like their own separate mini series, but I think they're going to be just mini size, but probably individually purchased. And then they're doing um, the liquids. I think it's called Life of Liquid, but the the, uh, the more iconic character for Instinct Toy. And this is like liquid on, you can see like a lot of the toys where they hang off of cups and bowls and stuff like that. So they're doing that type of stuff, but... What do you guys think? Uh, Teresa, you probably know more about it and seen more than I have. Yeah. Well, so Liquid, um, and if you look at it, and we can share obviously the link, but um, if you've seen their monkeys and stuff, like they've, uh, well, that's a little bit different. But anyway, I think the Liquids are meant to be magnets, if I'm correct, based on previous posts. And another one they're doing is a mini um, version of the Ice Erosion Molly, which is similar to the... um, the, they did an erosion molly that was in a sitting position, but it was more kind of crouched. Um, so it was like um, 
it was just there a mini erosion molly where it was the one like five points had is the vip where it was um kind of sitting with their knees up and the arms around it it's kind of a spin-off of that of the ice version where instead it's someone kind of sitting down with their arms behind them but unlike you when i first saw this post and i read it i think maybe i misinterpreted it because they they label it all new mini series coming soon and when i was looking at it i was like oh are these sneak peeks of some kind of blind box series they're doing but i think you're right i think maybe it's just different minifigures but i don't know i mean we could be wrong it, it could be could it, the way they the fact that they call it a mini series is what was throwing me off either way i think it's fun i'm all for obviously i love teeny stuff so yeah I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It's nice to see them producing new stuff again because uh, I guess last year was actually somewhat of a slow year for Instinct Toy, which is surprising to me. I would never have known that if I didn't do this. Well, I never ended up doing, but I was going to do this March Madness bracket system thing with designer toy companies. You know, your favorite, what was your favorite toy company of 2018? I was going to do the whole March Madness bracket and people could just do a poll vote for which one was of the two teams was their favorite. And in the end, there'd be one standing company. I didn't end up doing it, but uh, the criteria I had built for this was they had to, the each company had to have produced four original new toys in 2018. And through my research, I was surprised to find out that to the best of my knowledge, that instinct toy did not meet four new production pieces. So, uh, things like 2019 is going to be a big year for them, and they're going to start out with the miniseries stuff. Yeah. Well, and he, they've been teasing some of this stuff for a while. I think it's just getting it produced. I mean, they've been working through a lot of prototypes, so I think maybe we're finding, finally starting to see a lot of the prototypes they've been working on um, actually be produced. Isn't that crazy, like, though? When you think of Instinct Toy, to me it seems like they've just been producing like crazy. And then to when I did the research and find out that really – they went to tons of conventions. They had tons of sellouts, but it was selling a lot of figures just in different colorways. They, they, as far as like new stuff, there really wasn't a whole lot of new stuff from them last year. And to me, that was shocking. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it does seem like they had a little bit of downtime, but maybe that's kind of how they're ebbing and flowing. They create a bunch of new work through colorways while they're prototyping other new, and then they kind of rinse and repeat, but yeah, because another maybe one, maybe this will be the year. With, um, Another leak they showed was Takashi Murakami. They're doing a Mr. Dob uh, Sofubi with him. And that thing is insane. I don't know how many pieces there are to that toy, but the precision and all the tiny pieces. If you go to uh, Instinct Toy, isn't just an Instinct Toy Instagram, is it? No, it's Instinct Toy Hiroto Okuba. It's the. <laughs> it's actually the George creator's Selvet. name. I know, right? Yeah, right. But, uh, <laughs> but we can obviously include a link. But you're right. They showed kind of this preview of the prototype and the amount of pieces involved. Like there's everything from like teeny weeny up to like massive mm. to create this thing. It's nuts. And the fact that I know that Mr. Dobb was um, like hugely popular and that there was potentially some production issues and I'm not even sure how many they end up making. So the fact that they're going to make a Sufubi version is going to be really, really cool. Yeah. And I think I read that Hiroto of Instinct Toy, you were saying this is by far the most insane production they've done to date. So it's going to be an amazing piece all said and done. I agree. It's cool. So George, try to spell that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know how to spell instinct toy. 
Do you think it's what? Do you think it's two T's or one T? What's your guess? Instinct toy. Yeah. I mean, uh, you would think two, but now that you're saying it, it means it must only be one. <laughs> Is it one word or two? <laughs> it's got to be one word, or else it would be instinct oi or ins- instinct toy. <laughs> Which is it? I don't know. I run it's into instinct this. Toy. It's instinct toy, all one word with one T. But you say instinct toy. You, you don't do. Say... It's actually instinct toy. Instinct <laughs> toy. Instinct toy. <laughs> I always run into this. Like sometimes I, when I type kid robot, and like sometimes I get uh, tripped up. Is it one word? Is it two? Is it a capital K? Is it a lowercase? I never know anymore. Is 3D retro two words? No, it's all one, one word. Capital R. Y'all are killing me. <laughs> capital D, capital R. Capital three, lowercase d, capital no. R. Cap- capital three, capital D, capital <laughs> R, etro. With a little star at the end. <laughs> oh my gosh. How many words is double G toys? I don't know. This is Depends different. on when I write it. Sometimes I write double G as one word with a capital G. Sometimes I write double G toys as three words. Huh. Even I don't know. You know what I, I don't like know? Teresa, have we ever found out exactly how the unbox coin system works? I have two of them. I was uh, doing some unpacking today and I found a few coins, Teresa, so I'll send them your way. But I, you know, I'll, I'll never amount to enough to ever to use them, so I'll send them to you. But have we ever figured out fully how that coin system works for Unbox? So we've only seen it used for an overseas show so far. And I did reach out to Dan because I was curious because the amount of coins they were requiring was quite large. What they were doing is uh, you could turn in the coins for uh, – mini elfies the same size as the little baby elfies that were in the blind box series but alternate colorways of them and they were doing the banana elfie but anyway the amount of coins you needed was 350 and i will tell you out of my case i got 175 and on average i think most people get around that amount maybe a little less a little bit more actually wasn't a set amount per case and uh, would you think that in mind, that means you have to pretty much have gotten three cases worth if you were going to buy a case or two plus some in order to get that amount of coins. And I was a message Dan. I was like, Dan, how can you expect me to have that many? And that's just for one piece. Right. I'm like, I'm going to want your stuff. How am I going to do this? Like, I can't buy like 500 cases of this stuff. But he said the market in Asia is vastly different. And so they're going to take into account the different markets when they come up with the different coin amounts. So um, I haven't seen them doing a program for ToyCon UK with the coins. So I'm thinking the first time we'll see it, I guess, not in Asia or at least stateside, will be at five points. But um, I'm very curious. I'll be curious to see how how they do it and how many coins they allot for it. Um, I will say they had an alternative. So they had the 350 coin price point for the exclusive. And then they also did a secondary one where you pay partial coins and partial cash. So I think it was like 20 coins plus 20 bucks gets you a figure. So they kind of did a mix and match. So I think they're going to use that system as well. Pop quiz, George. How yeah. many coins did it take to buy that exclusive Elfie? 
<laughs> I tuned out. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I rambled. 150. No, 300. No, Ooh. 580. Oh, no. 350. Oh, I was so close. That was my second guess. Yeah, you almost had it. So I should have stopped. Teresa, are these only available in the blind box series, or do you get them anytime you make a purchase from Unbox? They are currently only in the blind box series. I actually talked to someone about that and thought, man, I wish they had thought of this coin thing forever ago, back when they first started making toys, because I own so many Unbox things. I'd be rolling around in coins, but... um. So far, just the blind box series. I kind of think it would be cool if they opened it up to anything they sell, but I'm not sure they have that in mind. I do know that they're already working on Wave 2, though, of the mini series. So there's a new series coming soon. I haven't seen timing, but hopefully this year. And, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. It's okay. still, I think, a little TBD. All righty. Thanks for the update. Sorry, that was a ramble. <laughs> It was a lot. It was a lot to take in. I I can do a too long didn't read, but a too long didn't listen. Uh, <laughs> unbox coins. TBD for us. We shall see soon. What? George, what did she just say? I wasn't listening. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Sometimes Teresa, she'll just throw out these acronyms. and to be, to be, oh, Wait, to, say it again, and I'll tell you exactly what she said. TLDR. Too long, didn't read. Yeah, so, okay. Wow. Do you know what SMH stands for? Oh, that's the one that, that messes me up every time. Me too. I forget it. I, Why? I forget, I forget SMH every time. Shakes my head. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, okay. close. Shaking my head. But Oh, come on. Oh, my God. Every time I type SMH to Gary, he never knows it, and it drives him bananas. <laughs> so now when I type it, I'll type SMH, and then I go, oh, wait, shaking my head. I have to, And then I, like, want to SMH at the fact that I had to type out shaking my head. No, I'm with Gary on this one. I hate SMH. Every time I see it, I have no idea what it means, and I have to think about it, and then I'm like, forget it. I don't care. <laughs> Every now and again, like, I know the majority of them, but every now and again I'll see one, like, a long one, like, in case you missed it, or as far as I know, and I see, like, a feka, and I'm like, what is a feka? Like, a fakey? And then I realize it's as far as I know. But, You're saying oh. things I've never seen before. Please do, just, please use English with me. Don't do this acronym I'll, crap. I'll, I'll treat you like my grandpa. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, moving on. I got another one to talk about. Okay. Uh, you'll like this. It's a Kickstarter, George. Yay, Kickstarters. Oh, man. But did, did you see the freaking awesome Colosso Nana Kickstarter that Sorbet Jungle is doing right now? I'm out. What? <laughs> okay. Do you know who Sorbet Jungle oh. or Croco Nana is? <laughs> I love that. I'm in. I'm out. That's good. Sorbet Jungle, Croconana. It's like a crocodile banana. She does plush. She's made of so fooby. But she just launched a Kickstarter. It's actually been going for a little bit. There. As of today, there's 16 days to go. So there'll still be time to get in when the episode airs. But she made a freaking six foot long, two and a half foot tall, giant, colossal Croconana plush and put it on kickstarter and it is freaking massive like it's the size of a couch i did I kind of it is 
flipping fantastic. Teresa, it is massive. Teresa, so I, I looked this one up, and yeah, it's huge, but I watched the video, and here's the thing I don't understand, and I'll get George's feedback on this in a second. You're just essentially buying the shell, like a giant Croconana sleeping bag, and then when you receive it, it's up to you to fill the thing. Like, you're going to spend at least 100 bucks on polyfill filling this thing. Do they do they mention that like what the average yeah. cost of polyfill and all that stuff is? She there was an FAQ for it, so someone had asked how much will it cost to stuff, and she did say uh, if you wanted to do polyfill, twenty five pounds would roughly cost seventy five to one hundred bucks. But there's other more expensive options. It's just an estimate. So yes, there is a like you still have to buy the stuffing for it. But she gets into that in the campaign video and in some of the description and kind of explains that the reason she did that is just from a shipping perspective. This thing, when filled, is massive. And trying to figure out how to ship that filled, I get, would be a nightmare. I think it would have been cool, maybe, if she sold, like, figured out a way to maybe shell, sell the shell plus the stuffing but just didn't have it pre-filled. Like, you still stuffed it yourself but maybe provided the fillings. I think that would have been nice. But I still, like, it doesn't bother me. I still think it's flipping fantastic. I want to see you go into a Hobby Lobby or Michael's or wherever and fill up 20 carts of 25 pounds of polyfill. You're going to wipe them out. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's the size of, like, a couch. I mean, it's <laughs> it's so big. But Why I love are there it. no pictures I... of it on the page? Uh... That's terrible. There's not a single picture of it on the page. Um, it does look like there's Sofubi Croconanas if you want them. Yep, and Mini Plushies. I think I found a picture of one. And a Mini Plush, which I can find a picture of. Why is there no picture of the thing that they're trying to raise the money to make? I know. I, I kind of agree. I had a little trouble finding it. It was in the video, and it's on some of her Instagram stuff, but... Yeah, it, I don't know why she didn't post it in the campaign details. And then, like, how do you buy the which? Where, where's the crocodile? Like, there's a mint crocodile that you can buy for thirty bucks, but like, why is it it's so the, hard for me to find the crocodile one? I I won't lie, I got a little mixed up with the terminology as well because there's her crocodile, which is like her default character, and this one she's calling colossal nana. And I won't lie, I I had a little bit of a moment where I was like, which one do I back? If I want it back, which is which? So that but starts Croco- at 200 bucks, George. Oh, there you go. 200 bucks. Yeah, like, what am I looking for? Like, this, those tiers are confusing. There's too many Bye. tiers. Why are there so many tears? <laughs> she, she was crying a lot. I don't know. I mean, you know what, though? She's raised 40 grand, so that, go for That's it. what I was going to say. Regardless of, of your little nitpickings, it's kicking butt. Yeah, I obviously, I obviously don't know what I'm talking about because she raised 40 grand to make it this thing. So good honor. Maybe you don't need pictures of the thing you're making. <laughs> Congratulations, Deanna. That's fantastic. She, they're out there. What percentage of, I'm curious, what percentage of backers actually backed the Colossal Nana? Because I remember seeing there's a bunch of other items available through the campaign. So did it fund solely on the Colossal Nana or did it fund mostly on the other stuff? It looks like 10 people bought a Colossal Nana. No. No, there's there's two there's two early adopter levels. So one was for thirty slots, and another was for forty. Oh, and there's and then there's another ten. So there's ten 
that just got a colossal nana. So and then seventy more. So eighty they just got a colossal nana, and then there are others that got colossal nanas with other crocodanas, and then there's yeah. others that just got the smaller crocodanas. Ten more or plus ten more plus four more plus yeah. So there's a bunch. Okay. Well, a good job. Man, y'all poop pooping all over no, this. I, no, awesome. I think it's fantastic. I just you know. It looks like the mint crocodana and baby mint crocodana is like one of the higher. No, here we go. Yeah, mint crocodana is the is the one that everyone wants. Thirty bucks, seventy eight backers. Well, and I think the thing that so the mint is exclusive to Kickstarter, which I think is part of it. And there's a lot of people I know that collect the plushes, and she comes out with different colorways, so they're probably trying to complete the set. Ah, uh, there you go. But I think it's awesome. I like it a lot. Um, I, think, I don't know. I think this is a cool Kickstarter for people that like plush. I'm not a big plush collector, but I, I understand why people would want this. So it looks like you have no problem backing it if you would like to get it because it's going to fund. Go for it. Yeah. And again, congratulations, Deanna George. You've done a great campaign. So um, congratulations on funding. Uh, so what should we talk about next? Well, I, I brought up the Kickstarter. Do you want to bring up the next one? Have you guys seen the puzzle dunny? <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> can, you do it again? can you do it again? <laughs> no, it's never going to sound natural. I can't do it again. I'm not an actor. But it, didn't, it didn't really sound natural to me, which is why I laughed. <laughs> yes, I have, George. I have. <laughs> oh, my God. I am keeping this in. This is gold. It was oh god I can't I'm cry laughing. Continue, Gary. Have you seen the kid robot puzzle? Dunny? Gary, have you seen the kid robot puzzle, Dunny? I have, George. I just saw it for the first time like 20 <laughs> minutes ago when I was tuning out Teresa talking about stuff, and I saw it online. Yeah, this is the one where they collaborated with Loch Nesters to do a puzzle, Dunny. And for me, it's I think it's fantastic. I've been a huge fan of Loch Nesters for several years now, actually. And uh, you know both. Companies being art-based, art design, coming together, working on a single piece together. just It makes absolute sense, and the piece looks beautiful. And what, there's 250 pieces, I think? That's what yeah. it says, yeah. And, and it's they, an 8-incher. Did they say what size? Yeah, I just I said it's an 8-incher. <laughs> I'm like, George, you. I tune you out the second you talk. Jesus Christ, why am I even on this show? <laughs> no, what is okay. it made out of, do we know? It's it's all three D printed. Yeah, that's what it wait. looks like. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait! It actually is a three D printed dunny. I didn't realize that. They should be. So let me push up my glasses and show you what a nerd I am here, because I mentioned I've I've been a big fan of Loch Nessers for several years now, and so I've I've done some research. I've done some reading up on it, and uh, yeah. So Loch Nessers is actually started by a guy named Fleet Hauer. Uh, he started the company out of Brooklyn. It still today works out of Brooklyn, New York. And uh, originally he was an architect student and he wanted to get into digital fabrication. But, you know, being an architect, you don't just jump in and start designing buildings. You know, it takes a while to get to that point. And he just wanted to kind of just start designing stuff right away. So he started, uh, he was into puzzles and geometry. And he just, he started with the, the bear one. That's probably the most popular lock uh, nesters, the bear. And so he printed that. And uh, that was all 3D printed. And the 3D printing is um, it's almost like a plastic material. So I know these things look pretty heavy looking. They look like they're like a stone or a marble, but it's actually a plastic. When you pick one up, they're actually pretty light. 
but the process of making one of these pieces is pretty time consuming. So there's the time for the 3D printing, and that's why you're seeing like those kind of a little bit of striated or like layer lines from the 3D print, and then but you don't feel them. They're smooth to the touch. So they sand the um, like the seam and joint work on the inside, but they keep the lines on the outside and they tumble it for like 30 to 40 hours and just like water. So all the pieces are banging up against each other, rubbing each other. And then they do a, a second tumbling process in walnut shells. And these walnut shells almost act like a medium grit sandpaper, kind of smoothing things out and giving it a lot of texture and that, that kind of patina that you're seeing in the pieces. Which is, I think, which is pretty cool. So you're getting that nice texture. And then after all that's done, then they apply a, la a layer of polyurethane and, and buff it up a little bit. So, yeah, they're quite time-consuming to make. And I believe the bears, to make five pieces, took about 30 to 40, 40 hours total. So I don't know why, but I didn't realize this was... Um... Like, I didn't realize this was a collaboration in the sense that Loch Nesters made them. I think I don't I, know I that for I do not know that oh, okay. for certain, but these look so much like the bear and the dinosaur and the other pieces that Loch Monsters uh, Loch Nessers had done. I'm going to assume that it's kind of probably okay. another one of these licensed things, you know, a collaboration sort of thing. And Loch Nesser handled the manufacturing, but I do not have any insider information. I don't know anything about it. I'm just assuming Loch Nessers would want to handle it the same way. Yeah, I mean, it definitely matches the aesthetic of all of the, all the other pieces they've made. So it would make sense that they made it. I just don't know why I didn't realize. But I mean, to make 250, that's a lot. Yeah, I feel like it would be like, why wouldn't you just make one and let them produce it? But I don't know, like, who knows? Yeah, but either way, I think it's a fun collaboration because I do remember seeing Loch Nesters that I think they've been at DesignerCon for a couple years with mm -hmm. their, their different puzzles. So I, for me, I mean, I've always been a little like, iffy about the whole like 3d prints looking like a 3d print but i do kind of like the effect it gives and it's nice to know that it's still smooth to the touch like it's not like he left it unfinished it's an intentional treatment of the of the design it's actually so. kind of nice when you look at the pieces together some of them are like diagonal some of the lines are horizontal so it has that sort of juxtaposition of the pieces and the grain lines and in some ways it sort of looks like wood grain so i think it, it kind of adds a nice textural feel to the piece otherwise if they polished it up it would look more like a, just like a polished rock marble puzzle yeah so. well and it, it yeah it gives it a little bit more character because otherwise it would just be like a black dunny do you think there's the gonna be other colors though i mean i imagine this is kind of going to be like the other things that we've seen the shard and octodunny and um where we might just this might be the first colorway and we'll see other colorways down the line what do you think well, considering it said it says Puzzle Dunny number one. Oh, oh I didn't know that. There you go. Uh, then I'm going to say, yeah, there'll be multiple. And I don't know if it'll be different colors or different cuts or they'll do a five inch versus an eight inch or what. But that could, based on it being called Puzzle Dunny number one, I would expect they'll do more. So, I would just assume if there's a toy that comes out in the designer toy market that there will be another color. It's kind of thing we were talking about earlier. It's pretty. You can pretty, pretty much assume that if anyone's going to make one, they're going to make another color because it's the only way to get your production price to a reasonable cost. Yeah. 
Agreed. If there, if no other one ever comes out, it's probably because it didn't sell very well. The so, more you know. <laughs> so this, so this no, is an eight-inch puzzle, Dunny. That... Collaboration is a hundred bucks. That's a good price. That seems more than reasonable. Yeah, especially considering I think a lot of the Loch Nester puzzles are can even be more than that sometimes. Um. Yeah, they range. So they, the actual Loch Ness website, the product actually ranges in a, a few different sizes. So they range from anywhere from thirty dollars up to I think the large ones are like ten or twelve inches tall. Those can be about a hundred and ten dollars or ninety dollars somewhere in there. So these being two hundred fifty pieces for an eight inch dunny at a hundred bucks, that's a great. It's a really good price point. It's cool. Yeah, congr- I, great collaboration. I think by the time this airs, they're all going to be. I think they're all going to be sold out. I bet. Yeah. So, well. Um, but as far as different colors in the future, I like to see one where all the pieces are different colors. Ooh, that could be fun. I support. Uh, George, or Gary, I'm just going to ask you because you're going to probably hate me, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, should I know what Fraggle Rock is? Uh. <laughs> George? <laughs> I, it's just a little piece of me dies every time we talk. I'm sorry, because I'm looking at Kid Robot, and I know they like were saying they were doing this new Fraggle Rock license kind of collaboration. And, like I've heard the term, but like I don't know what it is. Do you know what HBO is, Teresa? Yes. I don't know what it stands for, but I know HBO. Oh. Home. Home box office. Home box office. Okay. So it's back Rock, in, the, back in yeah. the early 80s, Fraggle Rock was a show on HBO, and it was highly popular. I loved it as a kid. I'm sure George did. So this is definitely tapping into, oh, I guess, the 40 generation, maybe. Yeah. But uh, you, I feel like you should still We were, we were probably even too old. Maybe not too old to watch it, but it was 83 to 87. Okay, so I was what nine. So yeah, we, we were the right age. No, we were the right age, I guess. Well, they're cute. I really like the little green ones with the cute big noses. Yeah, those are doozers. Doozers are the best. I just I feel like I is this is this um a list thing? Like, do I need to go find old Fraggle Rock episodes? I don't know. I, I mean, not it's it's puppets. Do you like watching puppets? So it's like Sesame Street. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a Jim Henson production. Oh, okay. There's a I lot more. Don't know. There's a lot more music. There's like there's all sorts of different puppets. There's like yeah, it's it's. I think it still holds up. I think it would still be good. It's lessons. Like every every episode is a life lesson. Oh, okay. I'll go find one. I'll make that my homework. I'll go watch an episode of Fraggle Rock and I'll report back. Okay. I had to ask. I'm going to be that person who asks. People probably are screaming at me. How do you know <laughs> Fraggle Rock? Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, I mean, anybody our age is definitely like, oh, God, Teresa, no. George and I, we don't know what SMH is, so. Yeah. You, you all need to get with the times, and I guess I need to get with the old times. Get with the olds. <laughs> I hear everyone talking about Reddit, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. I never looked at it, but my coworkers uh, are so into Reddit. I will never take the time to learn that. That thing looked, I've seen screenshots of it and it looks like a mess to me. Yeah. That's one thing that I have not been able to get into. I cannot get through the interface. It's the weirdest structured site 
forum, whatever you call it. And I've heard, so I've heard like whisperings that there's some kind of designer toy, like underground black hole Reddit out there. I've, I've heard the same, but I'm not going to take the and, time to figure out what it is. Well, like I'll try. I'm like, oh, let's see if I can find it. Cause like I'm all for like toy sneaky new stuff, but it, I obviously don't understand Reddit or how to freaking unbury stuff. Cause I'll go in there and I'll try to search stuff and I don't know what I'm doing. So, but that's what we need. We need a, a Reddit representative on the show and they can come on for five minutes and spill the beans on what's going on over there. Oh yeah. And we could even like mask their voice like Batman or go. something. Yeah. Like those interviews they do where it's like a dark shadow and they like, you know, so they could be their kind of like this creepy inside robot who just comes in and like says, Oh, I just saw a sneak for speaking of mass. Did you guys watch mass singer at all? No, no, the masked singer. Oh, I did, but you can't. I'm I'm really behind. I'm only like halfway through the season, so you can't talk about it. Oh, gosh. Like you can't talk about what happened. Okay. Well, no, you're talking about changing voices and stuff. So that's what they did. These people go up on stage and they're in phenomenal costumes. The costume design on the show is great, but inside the costume is a celebrity, and they perform on stage. They sing a song, and the panel tries to guess who it is, and they have disguised voices, and they leave clues. So, you know, I've been thinking on it for a while. Like, you know, we need to get back to doing some games on the podcast. And I think that one, if we can swing it, it would be fun to invite some artists on the show. And I can, I can disguise their voice. We can use a, a voice scrambler and they can give out some clues. And then we can have fun trying to guess who it is. That could be fun. But, you know, I would, I would know who they are, of course. But, you know, I would play them for you and George and maybe Jess or whoever the guests on. And I think that would be a fun game for you guys. Let's do it. Okay. Want to do it, Rich? Yeah, I'm fine with that. That sounds like it could be interesting. Anyways, we've been terrible at wrapping up this show recently, so let's try to segue into... There's a show, a podcast I listen to. It's called Tell Em Steve Dave. And uh, what they do is when something is funny or quirky, they just say, Tell Em Steve Dave, and they end it. Maybe that's what we need to do. Stop trying to do these smooth transition endings and just... Like when, Teresa, you said that you didn't know what Fraggle Rock was. We just say, Marsh Amp Toy Hour, and we end it, and then roll music. <laughs> I'd rather just be like, tell him, Gary Ham. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Marsh uh, Amp Toy Hour, roll the music, Gary. <laughs> so this has been the Marsh Amp Toy Hour. We do this every week, not because we have to. Because you Gary forgot, makes... You forgot our where we live on the internet. Uh, people do I'm not TMH care. I'm <laughs> George. Double G Toys. I add Double G Toys. Go to my store and buy some Kaiju Big Battle exclusive purple figures. Please. There you go. And uh, I'm Gary Ham. Gary Ham on Instagram. Superham.com. This has been the Marsham Toy Out. We're going to try doing this every week, not because we have to, but because Gary makes us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye.